Welcome to the Deep Spirituality Podcast. In the weeks to come, you're going to be receiving um, branches from a tree called How to Have a Quiet Time. Uh, there are a number of uh, approaches uh, that we want to take to working on our own relationships with God and helping you hopefully work on yours. You can work on them together. Um, relationship with God is, from a biblical point of view, as I read it, the most fundamental uh, of the fundamentals in the Bible. If you look at the Old Testament, consistently the thing that wrecked Israel was that they became unfaithful to God. It, it, it wasn't any specific sin. It was that one that unhinged, unhinged them, forgetting God, that broke it down, that caused them to lose in battle against their uh, enemies. And a lot of people don't believe that, I think. I didn't. I didn't at all. Didn't see it because I was so overwhelmed by just trying to live like a Christian, follow the rules, so to speak. But Mike, you're the one who... I'm the one. Yes. <laughs> like it. Neo. You're the Neo of the spiritual world. Yeah. Un, 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 unfolding, unraveling the matrix. Stopping spiritual bullets. Yes. You're the one who said to me, I want you to do, I want you to write an article on how to have a quiet time. Mm -hmm. My question is, because I didn't like that title yeah. <laughs> at all. I thought it was too boring. Didn't want to really do it, but I did. And why did you want that one? What was the thing that you thought? What, 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 what was I missing? What didn't I see about people and what they need? And anybody can jump in on this. We're here today uh, in this podcast we're calling Getting Unstuck. We're just talking a little bit in the beginning about relationship with God and some writing we've been doing and the plans we have of what we'll be delivering. And you'll be seeing a lot more from us in the weeks to come. But we have Parker Allen, Cameron Straw, Alexis Colvin, Mike Query, and Amy Query, just sort of setting the table for what will be coming to you, but we're asking mm -hmm. Mike the question. So why did you want that particular article? Yeah. So, okay. A couple of things. So one, you know, we have our newsletter that goes out, uh, three days a week, kickstart your quiet time. So we're sending people out quiet time stuff and, uh, getting good feedback. People are signing up for it. Um, but I, I kind of thought like, you know, taking a step back, like, could we help people more with what, what could they do with this? Right. If they, if they're going like, no, you know, nothing to something. <laughs> That's messed up, man. Break my flow up. <laughs> it's water. It's water to help. It, the Bible teaches Blow. that you need to get the water, Jeremiah 17 of God, <laughs> let the roots grow out. Sorry about that. I, could, I couldn't resist it. My Topo Chico, I couldn't resist uh, okay. Sorry, uh, if Topo Chico's listening out there, we're, we're uh, sponsored by Topo sponsored. right now. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the toe. That actually looks pretty good. Um, okay, so one, I thought, could we help people more with the quiet time thing? Because it seems to help them. Quiet time is spending time with God in the morning, uh, reading your Bible, praying. And uh, we're sending people studies, but I think there's a lot more. We've talked about a little bit on the podcast and just in person, like there's more that we could talk about in regards to quiet time, how to help people you know, set them up to do well. And, uh, but also just, um, you know, working on the website, um, I was looking just what else is out there, what, what, what other resources are out there. And there, there's actually, when I was looking at what else, what other websites, what, you know, are out there that are trying to talk about this stuff, it was very kind of all over the map. I didn't really feel like there were any like real definitive guides, like real step-by-step, -step, let me walk you through, uh, you know, just write down the nitty gritty, like everything that you can think of. And I thought it'd be cool to have, 
a, a definitive guide. And I think as far as the the title, I mean, I think it's, I just like that it's straightforward. You know, I think having something that everybody could look at and say, hey, here's how to have a quiet time. Here's everything you would need to know. Having a guide like that at this thought would be pretty cool. And for myself personally, because I feel like when I have a quiet time, I can be, you know, depends on my, my state. Sometimes I yep. get stuck. Sometimes I'm yep. reading, but I'm distracted. Sometimes right. I'm praying, but I don't know if I'm praying about the right thing. I'm guilty. I'm like, should I be guilty? Is yeah. it, we've talked about false guilt before on this thing. You know, yeah. so I'm, I'm kind of like, um, and I've been at having quiet times for a long time now, yeah. you know, so, so I just feel like, I don't know, it's, it's supposed to be the most important thing in our right. day and yeah. in our life. Right. But I feel like it can be something that we don't talk about a lot. Like yeah. there's so many other things that we that we talk about. And that was the know. thing, right? We had too many Bible studies. We were not too many, but we have a lot of Bible studies on deep spirituality, but yeah. we were getting in the weeds a lot. And then, you know, what's more fundamental and basic than really connecting with God. And if we hadn't fully defined that yet, mm-hmm. I think that's part of it. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's, those are kind of two main things. One, helping people with quiet times more, since it seems to be, that's, that's a lot of feedback that we get is like, Hey, I like the quiet time stuff. Right. Um, so just, giving something just more meaty for people to go over and just looking out there. I'm just going, I don't think there's a lot of stuff out there right now. That's really just guiding people and walking them through in a f- interactive and kind of cool holistic sort of way. Right. Um, I just thought that'd be a really neat resource that we could provide for people. So everybody in here has had a chance to see and read the, uh, copy of, um, how to have a quiet time, though it's not going to be published when you listen to this, it'll be on its way. It's being prepared. As Mike said, with, we're we're doing a lot of supplemental um yeah content that'll really help help everybody creatively work their way through it and hopefully um with all the little data points that are in there about how to be creative mm-hmm. but when 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 you guys read it did you think the title was boring because that's what i thought when i wrote it <laughs> i was like this is boring i tried to make it interesting and that was my goal. I'm going to take a boring title of an article that I agree with Mike, that if you don't say what it is, people don't look at it and say, that's what I need to get. Yeah, but right. how did you how did you respond to the title? I'm just curious, because I think a lot of people when they hear like, oh, there's going to be a devotional or a, a service or a talk on, on quiet times. I'm not sure how excited people get about that. But tell me what you think. I just want to know. Well, I mean, I think I usually really like interesting titles, too. So typically I find that kind of title boring, but I, I do feel like it was, I don't know. I think my first thought was like, okay, I feel like I've read something like this before, but as I was reading it, I was like, I don't know. I felt like it helped to be like, right, this is cause it's extensive and has like multiple things in it. So it helped to keep it simple of like, okay, this is like step-by-step. Here's how my times with God can look. So I think it helped keeping that simple, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. What else? I think I need to, I, I don't know. I think I just really need to learn how to have a quiet time. Honestly, I, I became a Christian as a teen and kind of learned that a quiet time is just, okay, you read the Bible and pray every day. And I kind of latched onto that. Like, okay, I'll do that. That's what you should do as a Christian. But then um, I've, I think over the years, I've just seen that I can do that and yet lack a lot of like other things still control me. Like I'm still totally afraid all the time or I still really struggle, you know, I've had an eating disorder since high school and I can feel like I read my Bible and pray yet I feel kind of powerless and why is that? And so I feel like I don't really know how to do it, you know? So I think um, how to have a quiet time that is 
powerful and actually connects me with God is something I feel like I really need and I don't really know how. So I think the title, I didn't necessarily, boring didn't cross my mind. I more felt like, oh, I really need to figure that out. Like, I don't know how to do that, you know? <laughs> That's good. And, um, That's good. So, yeah. yeah. So that means there are going to be some people are going to look at it and go, I feel like I read that before. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be other people going to look at it and say, yeah, I need to figure this out. I got to get this down. Well, I think it doesn't take, well, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want you, you, you don't have to spoil anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you, you find out pretty quick once you dive into it, like, oops, no, okay, this is different. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's like, what no. I was going to say about yeah. it. Sorry. But um, yeah, like when I saw the title, I was like, yeah, I for sure have read this before. And I was like, <laughs> I probably know most of what's going to be in here. Um, but uh, I think even reflecting on this and realizing like, there's like so many things. I think I'm in college and I think a lot of college students like don't know how to do like so many things. Like I have no idea how to be close to my roommates and how to like have real friends or how to be close to my girlfriend or how to like study or like do well in school. Right. Like there's so many things and I'm like okay, having a quiet time is like a lot deeper than how to like get a good grade in a class. Right. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I for sure don't know how to yeah. have a good quiet time or even what Amy was saying is like sometimes I feel like I know the steps to do, but I still don't find myself connecting with right. God. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's still like, well, I don't know. I kind of had to read this to, in order to realize, okay, I actually don't know how to have a quiet time. Mm-hmm. Well, one but, thing we, we were talking about this early, as we were going through it, because it, it took me a long time to get through. Yeah. And, uh, I really enjoyed it. Like it was really fun, but we were talking about, you know, talking about it together, like, you know, this could be a great thing to work on, like to go th- through together, like in person, with someone so like wherever you're at like if you're new to the journey you know you've never done yeah god and stuff before it's like it's it's a great sort of primer to like if you're you're going from nothing like it's really cool like to go Mm -hmm. almost like uh have you ever met someone who hadn't seen any of the star wars you know (laughs) yes i've tried to save those people time (laughs) and time again it's like a journey too far but i try i only know one person like that and he refuses to watch any of them but i, I oh, would man. love to just watch the, like from nothing with him his life's kinda, probably a wreck but. yeah oh yeah it's, it's in shambles it's yeah. really sad I yeah it is sad it. it's just we we are, we're praying for him even as we speak <laughs> if he's listening he knows who he is but um but then there's the like us who we've been doing it like a million years i think we just get so wrapped up in our head and twisted by just you know life and, yeah and our experiences and our you know, when you're around religion for a long time yeah you get for me, I get it's really intertwined and entangled, like my sort of behavior stuff I've learned and right. got. So it's cool just being able to learn to start like shedding that away. But the getting sitting with someone and going through it together, I think, could be a great experience. That's so interesting. That's, that's mm-hmm. what we were thinking. Let me put another question at you. So, and it's okay to it's okay to put a few spoilers in. I'm not trying to pre- keep you from doing that because we're not going to release it for a bit. But you know, it, we, we want to talk about it because you, you bringing it up, Mike, and ha- having. Forcing, forcing me to address that <laughs> subject, I think made me have to ask the question, what is it really about? And, and what is it, what are the fundamentals of having a quiet time? Were there any things you looked at it and you read it and you had a question about and you're like, hmm, I don't get this. Or did anything strike you? Or was there just something that you were like, this makes no sense. Or did I have a question about it? Or how did, how did, how did you draw that conclusion? Or that doesn't seem biblically right. Was there anything that struck you? It doesn't have to be anything like, you know, earth shattering. I'm just wondering, was there anything that sat with you and you're like, hmm, because I can tell you the one thing that was really a challenge for me to do uh, was to make a list of, I think it's 10 books of the Bible right. that are the key to read. That yeah. was probably my most, well, I wouldn't say my most difficult challenge. There was a lot of different, but it was, it was pretty tough. I had, I stopped and I went, yeah, is this right to do first? Is it right to, and I, because there's two things that I talk about in the article, right? 
is is the Bible accurate uh, versus is the Bible accessible? Right. And I think most people that talk, meaning that speak up or that lead, uh, traditionally have emphasized accuracy as if uh, there are biblical translations that are totally inaccurate, which I don't think that's true. Um, hmm. the, the thing that I sat down and said is, for it to be accessible, the implication that it is inaccessible and the very length of the Bible means that a lot of people are never going to read whole books of the Bible. Right. We can sit and pretend, but there are going to be whole sections of the Bible that are never read by individuals. So I thought, well, what if you could condense it down and say, well, look, if, you're not, if we know you're not going to read the whole thing, then what if you could read 10 books in your life and get them down and go, if I get these down. And so did, did that list surprise you? Did you look at it and, and go, what's where, where's, where's my favorite book? Did, or, or how, I don't think, think? It, it surprised me, but it did make me wonder a little bit more about the, you know, the process or the methodology or like right. the, you know, like what the criteria, like, um, you'd, you'd be uh, impressed that I know that, you know, um, Bleacher Report dropped its uh, top 15 NBA players of all time. Oh, boy. And, uh, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, 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 and so boy. they're like, Twitter's like, everyone's like destroying each other on Twitter, fighting right. over it, you know? So I wonder, it makes me wonder if the people would react to that list similarly, you know, like, and maybe in a good way, I don't know. But I, as I was going through it, I didn't, I was trying to move through because I wanted to get through it sure. all, you know? So, but that did make me want to double back and go like, why that, these books and this sort of, yeah. Know. Well, it's a tough one. So, so for instance, obviously, I'm not saying those are the best books of the Bible. That wasn't my position. Number one book. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's not 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 my deal. Uh, and I wasn't trying to get the top 15 players. I was trying to get the books of the Bible that, in my mind, uh, are most easily accessible for you seeing God and what it's like to have a relationship with God. So, for mm-hmm. instance, why? And it gets tricky with the um, major prophets. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, because they all have an argument. Mm -hmm. In that case, Jeremiah is just my favorite. Um, Jeremiah is relentless in his challenge from beginning to end that the problem with Israel is you have abandoned and forgotten God. Mm. It is relentless. Mm. Ezekiel talks about visions of God, and Isaiah is probably the 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 book Old Testament book that Jesus quoted the most. Yeah. So I, I'm not saying my list is is better than someone else's. If they don't like the list, go make their own. Right. But what I'm saying is, if if you look at you know, I, you'll notice in the list that I put down God. This is how you see God right. mm-hmm. in the book. This is right. what you're looking for. It's not the only thing. And the point I make is I make that. The Bible is a book about God right? and that right. what you want to do is you want to try to have some books that you get down that when you start reading them, you say, what does this tell me about God? Not what does this tell me about Israel? Not what does right. this tell me about history? <clears throat> Not what does this tell me about culture? Right. Not what does this tell me about the coming of Christ? What does this tell me about God? How can right, I learn about right. God? So if, if something happens in the Bible, you go, why would God say that? What does God right. want me to know? What does right. God want me to see? Right. And I think... Yeah, that well, was the goal. There. And that well, and that kind of makes a lot of sense too, because I I felt like that was one of the more like global points being made throughout the the study and the guide was is that you know quiet times are supposed to be about God and yes. like it's, it's right. like simple and kind of profound because because in there it talks about you know Noah you know quiet times are not even for self improvement or comfort or you know and I realized like oh snap like when I go in or 
reading, I have like objectives in mind, right. you know, like things I think I'm supposed to be doing, but it's very, it's kind of sadly rare that I go in and like, what am I going to learn about God today? You know, right. What am I going to, yeah. how am I going to connect with him? What different thing am I going to look for him to show me in my life? You know? Well, and that, and that makes me think about one of the parts you talked about with journaling. And that was the part that really hit me. Cause I never, I journal, but I haven't been writing for a while. I've been more typing out, um, questions and stuff, but I, I think I don't ask those kind of questions enough. Like, okay, what is this teaching me about God? Like, I think a lot of my journaling, which you mentioned in the study is, I think a lot of my journaling can be more emotional. You know, it's not like I'm really praying about the emotions. I'm just kind of writing down feelings Yeah. and, and you address that. But I, I found that, that, that to be a tough part for me where I'm like, well, how do I, I think I'm lazy, um, emotionally for sure, but also just like spiritually in that, in that way where I can just gloss over the Bible in my quiet time where I'm just reading it, yeah. but I'm not really digging in, not really taking the time, not really asking myself the type of questions that would help me. To me, that like if there were going to be a controversial part, right. that's what I think it would, it would be like, right. there's a riff in there about journaling. It's not for like putting down our emotions, right? right? That's, there's another, there's other place for that in this prayer. Right. You know, and that was to me, like, I don't know. I anticipate that's hard because usually I associate journaling with like, let me get, put my thoughts down. Let me put my hmm. feelings down. I'm like, I've kind of realized that I'm like, oh, I haven't seen like, this is what prayer is supposed to be for. Well, and, it, hmm. and it, it, you know, and obviously people can have their own opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't care what, what, what if someone agrees with what I'm saying or not. The question is what is important. Right? And I think people aren't questioning. They're not saying, have I put every ounce of my energy into writing down my emotions and only 2% in praying? Right. Yeah. And I think right. that's the question. The question, and that's why there's an article link in the, in the article to a Psychology Today article where the guy spells out, here's the positives about doing that kind of journaling and here's the negatives about doing uh, yeah, that. And I, like I think that, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that me, I'm all about asking questions. Right. And mm-hmm. so if someone says, and we're going to get to the topic, because I know some of you are listening going, hey, I want a Bible study out of this. Well, you're going to get that. But I think sometimes we need to learn how to have spiritual conversations, and that's what this is, and how to draw each other out. And we're also previewing to you what's about to come is several items, um, and they won't all be uh, written by me, um, that are going to help people know how to ask questions about their relation with God. And I think most of the time, in my view, when things are controversial, quote unquote, you know, um, it's because we don't want to ask questions. Yeah. It's <laughs> because what we've, what, what the tendency is right. when to use a, a, a religion major phrase, when we begin to approach issues of orthodoxy, we almost become like petrified wood and go, <laughs> this is how it has to be. Right. So, um, part of what we're supposed to do, and this, the topic we're going to talk about, I've already mentioned it, getting unstuck. We can't get unstuck from patterns until we question the pattern. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. what it tends to be is we ought to, and I've got another link in the article called the, 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 the problem with biblical tribalism. And that article is about people picking a translation and saying, that's the one. That's the uh, one. Yeah. And if you read the message, you're a heretic. You're, you're <laughs> oh. reading a totally inaccurate. Look, I got my problems with the message, but I got my problems with the New American Standard, and I got my problems with the English Standard, and I've got my problems with the voice, and I've got my problems with the New Jerusalem Bible, and I've got my problem with people who translate the Bible from Greek to English that are biblical scholars 
where sometimes I go, well, we'd be better off with a professor at Stanford who's a Greek scholar and let him just translate it objectively oh, right. without even not even believing. I don't yeah. even believe the Bible. Yeah. I'm just going to translate this. So I think <laughs> I have my problems with all kinds of things. You can have problems with something. Here's the key question. Are you able to get yourself unstuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can say, I'm for this, I'm for that. Well, are you growing? Yeah. Right. yeah. Are you changing? Right. Right. Are you pow- Amy alludes to this. Is your quiet time powerful? Mm-hmm. If it's not, then you got to ask the question, why am I here? And and instead of getting angry at anybody who questions, you know, what you what you think, uh, why not question what you think? Mm-hmm. And that was my my effort was to show how much I've had to change right. the way I think about everything. Right. And I didn't even get into it all. There's another, you know. <laughs> Gets deeper. <laughs> There's a substantial <laughs> amount of stuff that I didn't even get into, but go ahead, Cameron, and flip us to that slide. You're, you're right on right there. So how to get unstuck. Just want to nail these things for a minute because I do think that, that a big part of having a great quiet time is getting unstuck. So you were talking about, Cameron, earlier about, you know, you got kind of, um, it, 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 it's tough because it helps you emotionally to right. write in your journal. And so if I were to, going to talk to you personally i say then then do that right but you you can't if you can't translate it that into prayer right then essentially you're praying to yourself yeah it's yeah. just catharsis right. or something yes. right but it's uh, not bad mm-hmm. it's about can i can i right. i i've known some people so well, i'm gonna get in touch with my emotions well here's the thing i find emotionally i can only endure with <laughs> with, with intensity about one hour of unraveling my emotions mm-hmm. right so if yes. I put that hour into writing my emotions, mm. I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to go out in another hour and then pray through them all. That's you can theoretically, true. we can say that. <laughs> yeah. oh, that and so what happens, we end up getting stuck in our emotions. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Kickstart Your Quiet Time newsletter. If you want to begin your day by reading the Bible, but you're unsure of where to start, we've got you covered. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we will deliver a handcrafted quiet time to your inbox to kickstart your mornings with God. Head on over to deepspirituality.net to sign up for our newsletter. That's it. Simple enough. That's deepspirituality.net and sign up for the Kickstart Your Quiet Time newsletter today. Now, back to the show. So there's some things that I think are important about getting unstuck. And Parker, when you hear the idea about getting unstuck, how does that, how does that strike you? Like, What does that make you think of? Um, I don't know. It just makes me think of like growth or like changing or I don't know, just feeling like, um, I don't know. It really like I, I have a messed up shoulder. I had surgery on it like a couple mm-hmm. years ago. And every time I like hurt it by doing something stupid, I do that all the time, but I like it gets like frozen and it gets stuck and I can't move it for like a couple of days. And I think of that feeling of like finally being able to go and like play basketball or again yeah. or do something again and like kind of like that version of unstuck. Yeah. That's like what comes to mind. Okay. So so what I what I want us to be thinking about is like um a real a real good one is stubbornness. Just mm-hmm. getting stuck and saying, I'm not changing my mind. <laughs> That's a good example of being stuck. Um what I found for myself was and I write about this in the uh the the article. Uh, I discovered, and it wasn't, I, I didn't discover this in writing the article. I discovered this in my quiet time. Like I, I, when I write something or I prepare a message or talk about something, I don't, that's not my quiet time. I don't, that, that's <laughs> like something different. And, and so I, I discovered I'm tolerating a lot of unbelief. Why? 
because I'm not seeking to do impossible things. Mm. Um, mm. And I, I wrote down in, in, a, in, a, in a notebook of mine, I wrote down, I have to begin to embrace the necessity of the impossible. Sometimes impossible things are a necessity for your life. So Cameron, you've worked on your diet, health, and all that a lot, right? Right, and definitely. At a, at a certain point, it, I know we taught, yeah. it felt impossible. Definitely. But it was a necessity. Yeah, does, I had Does that make sense? Definitely. Where you, where, you, where you suddenly have to go, you know what? Some people can sit around and say, let me think about what I want to eat. Would I like to be a vegetarian? Right. We're not going to get into it all. Yeah. Would I like to be a vegetarian? <laughs> Would I like to be a pescatarian or yeah. whatever they call it, a right. pescadorian? Or no, that's, you got it right. That's you got pescatarian. Right. I can't yeah. remember. That's the Latin. I mean, I got the Spanish, <laughs> got the Spanish in there. Whatever it is. Is that the King James? Or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Pescador. Uh, uh, um, I, I think a lot of the times that my unbelief manifests itself in when I look at life and I say, one, two, three. These things I would like to see happen, but are you kidding me? <laughs> right. mm. I don't have enough time. I don't mm. have enough skill. I have too much sin. It ain't going to happen. And I realized I was tolerating a lot of unbelief. And part of where I get stuck is an unbelief. I think we can also get stuck in resisting the Holy Spirit, meaning I think people who get angry a lot usually are resisting the Holy Spirit. That's one thing I think. Because the Holy Spirit's pushing from the inside saying, come on, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. And you don't want to hear it. And so <laughs> right. you shove it down and that's resisting the Holy Spirit. And you right. see that in the book of Acts where there's anger when oh, and, and people yeah. are resisting the Holy Spirit. Mm. And, huh. and then the, the, the other two things that just came out of thinking about this idea of getting unstuck is I've been working on this a lot, the presence and power of God in our lives. The presence of God is faith, faith that he's right there with you every step of the way. And the power of God is the Holy Spirit. I think in a lot of traditions, uh, religious denominations, um, theological perspectives, the Holy Spirit is greatly under-discussed, under-written about, under-believed in. Um, it's almost like there's a portion of Christians who are afraid to get into the discussion because they may become Harry Potter or Bewitched <laughs> or, or right, Hocus right. Pocus from uh, the Halloween movie that uh -huh. I think Alexis was watching. Uh, <laughs> I, I think people get afraid to talk about mm. the Holy Spirit. And mm. so I wanted to just address this idea of getting yeah. unstuck. Does all make sense? So let me read a, a great passage here. Uh, Hebrews 5.11. Are we growing spiritually? And I just want you guys to tell me what you think about the stuckness when you hear this. Mm -hmm. You guys can jump in however you want. Hebrews 5.11 in the New Revised Standard Version, which you learned about if you read the paper, that's one of the accurate ones. Mm -hmm. About this, we have much to say that is hard to explain since you have become dull in understanding. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic elements of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is unskilled in the word of righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, for those whose faculties have been trained by practice to distinguish good from evil. So, Parker, why don't you get us started? When you see that about being unstuck and are we growing spiritually and you read that passage, what hits you? You're looking kind of stuck, Parker. <laughs> yeah, maybe Parker I am stuck. stuck. <laughs> you got stuck. Who can help him out? Anybody? I, 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 I thought you'd be ready. I, I, can, I can Cameron's talk stepping about it. in. Yeah, I mean, 
for me, the first thing that sticks out is the Dolan understanding part. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and that being one of the, the reasons why I'm not imma- I'm not mature. Yeah. Because I think we, and I think you spoke to this in the article as yeah, well. Yeah, it's in there. Yeah, I think, man, I I can really be dull and we were just talking about the journaling and all that, but I think there's multiple reasons we can get dull. I think my sin, you know what I mean? Not trying to work on stuff, not trying to grow on things, not allowing people into my life, not yeah. allowing influence, but also not connecting with God. I think this all kind of goes together. But I think, yeah, that that's the part that stuck out to me when I'm like, man, okay, one of the reasons I'm not further along, able to teach, able to be, I don't know, mature spiritually is I'm just, I'm just dull. And I don't, I'm, there's something I'm not understanding, but it also is kind of cool to think that, there is, it makes me kind of motivated to think, man, I can be skilled in the word. Like I could be skilled. I usually don't think about the Bible and go, man, I'm just not skilled enough <laughs> in the Bible. But I think that's a cool, that just stuck out to me as like, wow, like that's something I, I'd like to have that skill. Well, and, and, he's, you know? and, and, and don't you think he's talking about skilled in its application? Right. Because mm-hmm. yeah, what he's definitely. saying is he's saying. In the use a, of it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You've got a choice exactly. between milk and solid food. Right. And and if we'll go back to what Amy said when she read the title, How to Have a Great Quiet Time, she was willing to admit, you know, I need milk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't figured this out. Right. right. I think a lot of people, once we get religious, once we go to church for a while, right. we're like, mm-hmm. I already know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I already read that. I read yeah. the book of Hebrews. I got it. Yeah, right. I, got it. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want to read it again. Yeah, we got to admit it. it first. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, you have to you have to realize you may you may have it right. the same way that essentially milk is a very nutritional mm-hmm. meal mm-hmm. for a baby. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> right. For you a need baby. To survive. But once you, yeah. But once you start getting a little older, start when I was like yeah. 15, 16, it was sirloin steak. You become lactose intolerant. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that went to later. But, no, you, once yeah. you're 15, 16, yeah, you want I'm, I'm throwing down three steaks a day yeah. like they're water because <laughs> my body was doing what? Trying to grow. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. if I was still sucking down the milk, I wouldn't be growing yeah. right. because yeah. it's not enough. Right. Yeah. But a lot of times we go, well, I'm going to just stay in the milk stuff because it's what? What's milk? It's easier to digest. Ooh, yeah. 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 So I, I can Tastes listen good. to milk a lot easier. Mm-hmm. A lot easier to listen to milk mm-hmm. because it doesn't call me to be anything. Right. Yeah. But you start chomping on it. Like I growing up yeah. in Michigan, we got the, you know, you got the big baked potato right next to the right. sterilon steak. You got to chew that thing. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, and you, <laughs> you got, cut it. you got no, you got no salad. Right. I ain't right. no salad. Man, it's salad. my kind of people right now. And you no, got a sharp knife. You're breaking it out. You're yeah. carving. You're yeah. carving. You're trying to get through that. But then you take it and you can't take like a, you can't eat half of it. You take right. a bite and you're working that thing. Right. You're right. working it. And so solid food should be like, whoa, I'm not. Have you ever eaten a steak yeah. and it gets stuck in your throat? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. No, I meant like not bad. I'm yeah. just saying oh. you eat it and you're like, whoa, I got to drink something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I didn't chew that enough. Right. That's what solid food. Solid food makes you sit there and go. I don't know if I can mm. handle hearing this. You gotta this. work a little this bit. This is too much of yeah. an what, yeah. what were you gonna say? Well, yeah. I, I think the part that stood out to me was the um, verse 14, solid food is for the mature, for those whose fa- whose faculties whose faculties have been trained but practiced to distinguish good from evil. And I think there's parts of me that I do not want to be trained. Like I do not want to address. Like what we, um, in our, our marriage, I was, when we have yeah. friends that will talk to us about, to me about, hey, you know, you, I, I get emotional, right? And then, hey, if you just kind of give in to your emotions, that's going to shut your husband down. And anytime that comes up, I get like, hey, no, I don't want to go there, you know? And I, there's parts of my heart, maybe because of unbelief, I could change or something that I do not want to really keep let you know keep working on or keep letting that training and and go hey there's good and evil in me and i got to be trained by the word here and i don't mm-hmm. don't like that process it, it hurts you let's know let's go sorry i didn't mean to distract you unstuck there's another question 
is there a veil between you and God? In 2 Corinthians 3.12, it says, Since then we have such a hope, we act with great boldness. Not like Moses, who put a veil over his face to keep the people of Israel from gazing at the end of the glory that was being set aside. And this can be somewhat complicated to talk about, but so I tried to get it focused on how do we apply the, what was happening right there to our day-to-day lives, meaning that uh, there was a veil over Moses' face so the people wouldn't see that eventually Israel was going to end. It was about like, no, you don't need, you, you, don't, you can't handle the whole thing of God, so we're going to let you see the radiance of God, but we're not going to let you see this thing's going to be fading. Uh, and that's what the veil is. And so I think a veil between us and God is, I think I may have some notes on the next slide there. Yeah, a veil between us and God comes down to what I, I boiled down to four areas. We resist rather than submit to God. We deny rather than embrace truth. We settle rather than grow. We fear rather than believe. And this leads to the sec- third question, I think it is, what veils exist for us today? Second Corinthians 3.14 but their minds were hardened. Indeed, to this very day, when they hear the reading of the old covenant, that same veil is still there, since only in Christ is it set aside. So for a Jewish person at the time, I shouldn't say Jewish, because this isn't really about Jewish people, and a lot of Christians think it's aimed at Jewish people. He's really talking about for a person who's of the religious establishment of the day, Hmm. whatever your religious establishment of the day is, when you read the Bible, when you look at the Bible, And so he's talking, there's a duality here of what is it talking about in the context of when it was written at the time and how do we apply it to ourselves in a world that's a bit different. Hmm. Um, And and when we're not a part of Israel, the way we can take it and apply it to ourselves is, has our mind hardened to the word of God in some way so that when we read it, it's veiled to us. Hmm. We can't really see what's happening. And these are the ones I saw in myself, and I'll just have you guys comment it, resisting rather than submitting to God. A veil is when you're resistant to something God wants to change in your life. God's trying to make, get you to believe and take action on something, but you just don't want to deal with it, don't want to talk about it. Uh, deny rather than embrace the truth. It, 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 sometimes the truth is overwhelming. I don't know if you right. guys have ever experienced that. Yeah. And so we end, up, we end up feeling like, and we can even do this psychologically, it's trauma that will do it. Well, we'll our brain will actually turn off memory and say, I'm not going to do that because can't, I can't handle this. Mm. Do we deny rather than embrace the truth? Read the Bible, talk to people and go, I'm just going to deny that that's true because it makes me feel better and more comfortable. Do we settle rather than grow? I think this happens to a lot of people who get older. Once you yeah. hit your 35, 45, mm-hmm. 55 and beyond, a lot of times we start going, you know what? I've done a lot already. It's like a person who works out and gets partly in shape and then says, hey, this is better than I've ever was. Why should I keep on going to the gym? And then fear rather than believe. I get killed on this one. Is It's a lot. As I, I don't know if it's, I think I've always been this way. It's easier for me to believe my fears uh, than to believe uh, uh, what God can do. Uh, so tell me what right. you guys think. Well, I was, I was thinking about even just with the last scripture, like how... When I when I don't make it about am I knowing God more and being closer to God more, then that's when I like resist and I settle fear. I feel like especially I, I was thinking fear especially for me too, where I'm like, what if I can't change this? What if I try and fail? Like what if like there's just all can these I, like Can I make you question yourself? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you said I I when I'm not close to God, I think I do these things. Mm-hmm. Can I make a counter argument that you do these things and then you're not close to God? Yeah. Meaning it starts by being resistant, being a denier, 
settling and hmm. fearing, then that makes you not be close to God. Hmm. Just a counter thought. Because I, I, I would argue that it's, it's the whole First John chapter five where he says, what is love? To obey God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times we think being close to God is an emotional thing. It certainly is. But in the end, God says, even if your emotions say do X, yeah, you still do Y. And that's what it means to deny yourself, take up the cross. That you mm-hmm. actually are supposed to say, it doesn't matter if I feel close. Because you may feel yeah. close to God and be far right. from God. So I'm just wondering. Yeah, yeah I think I think what I'm trying to say is like when my focus isn't let me be close to God. And yeah. my focus is let me change my behavior. Let me like cool. look like I'm mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's when I start mm-hmm. resisting denying. You know, like because mm-hmm. I'm trying to just like be Excellent. fine you Excellent. know and not grow yeah. which is a result of me wanting to be close so to that God. motive the, yeah. the, the yeah. motive is i gotta behave or be perfect mm. or, yeah. Yeah. Or, or not get in trouble or whatever mm-hmm. all of us go through that and you say once that motive goes wrong then that's when i go to those things yeah. that totally makes sense yeah. Didn't yeah. Even, i didn't even sense. think of that yeah so <laughs> so your motive is what makes you become resistant deny settle and and and, and fearful mm-hmm. um and my motive when I'm afraid is to avoid um, avoid any of the the uh, what is that book the worst case scenarios. Oh, I'm, trying yeah. avoid, I'm trying to avoid. I'm trying to avoid worst case scenarios. Yeah, so like I get afraid and I'm like, okay, if that goes to happen, that happen, that happen, oh, that'd be the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Okay, I right. don't know about nope. that. <laughs> so my motive becomes not having something bad happen to me as opposed to believing something yeah. good. That helps. Well, me that, right that, there. Thank that, you. I can kind of relate to that one because for me, I pick I pick settle. Like that's okay. my. I love me some settling, like, <laughs> and, and it's it's uh it's 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 tied into these other ones for me. You know, I'm I'm fearful. Um, I think I don't like the truth about things. So settling for me is like my way of like handling like emotions being hard, handling like the the distance between where I am now and where I need to be. Yeah, you know, and 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 I have a way. I've talked about in this room with some some of you guys like about how I'm I I like would just love like mediocrity because it just means I don't have to like. Care, you know, care. I can, I can just not have to feel the pain of like I tried and failed, you know, or let the pain of growth because I have to see truth and talk about. So, so. is that is that is that what you're saying that that because Alexis has put on put us on this this uh, path of re- recognizing that a lot of these things happen because of the motive we have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that... my my motive. I don't. I think this is my motive. like. I I, I want to feel good about myself. I want to feel not bad. I want to like feel like I can be successful at something and it's easier for me just to find something that I know I can do and feel confident in versus like, but it's not necessarily the thing that the vision God has for me or who like my, my wife, my daughter, friends need me to be, you know? So I, I just get, cause I get mad. Like I get my, my, I get very stubborn, right? Like I, the, a phrase someone used for me recently was, uh, you know, learned helplessness. You know, I've just sort of like embraced the fact that, you know, there's some things just like, I'm just always going to be like this. And I just like train the people around me yeah. to, you know, not expect much of me, you know, and that that's kind of my way of, of coping with the world. I, I relate to it and, and right. we're very different personalities, but I relate to it because I think that a lot of that, the word you use is pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I think that, what all what the nature of the human being is is to avoid pain right right, right. and that's right. why in those neanderthal you know ancient man days we learned to run mm-hmm. so the the first line of defense for man in his original origins right. was to run it, it wasn't to pick up the rifle hadn't been invented 
right. wasn't to pick up the fire, hadn't been invented yet. Right, that's a good point. It was to run. And I think that that's that whole psychological... You Fight know, or flight. Yeah, and, and I think that what happens is we all have different levels of courage, but all of us have substantial fears, and when we feel them, we run. And so I think right. what you're describing is that... Uh, we're yeah. going to get Parker in here, then we're going to go to Hebrews 5 and close out. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking, I mean, when you said the whole, like, uh, when you start to get in your 30s, 40s, or 50s, and you start to settle, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I feel like I'm settling now. You're ahead of schedule. <laughs> <laughs> My first time not procrastinating was unsettling. Um, but, uh, yeah, I feel like all of those things, like, I, I don't know. And that's all what, I was like, even going back to that Hebrew scripture about, like, milk, I was like, it's like nice to just have milk. Like it's nice to just be a baby. Like if I could just be a baby, like because it's easy and it's like simple. But like you don't get I to think, do anything. Yeah, yeah I know. And that, and that, that's when I see like I just have a lot of fear of like Echo Mike said, like trying and failing or like. Um, what do you think yeah. your biggest fear is? Uh, Let me ask a better question. Yeah. Most college students face this, and I did. I'm sure everybody in here did. Fear of making decisions, fear of choice. Yeah, that's big. I never thought of that, but that's. Peter Drucker, one of the foremost management thinkers, said something I read once, and I've never been able to find it again. But I, I'm pretty sure it was him. He said that the reason CEOs, executives are the highest paid people in every organization is because they sustain the greatest amount of stress and risk, because they're the ones who make the decisions. And and when you make a decision and it goes bad, every bit of the volatility and reaction to that bad decision is coming at that person. Not the person making the product in a factory, not the person designing the product in a, in a, in a design room. And I just think sometimes with college students, one of the reasons they settle is because of the difficulty of making a decision. So, and I'm not talking down to you, I mean, I've been through this, where you're sitting down and you're looking and saying, this is due in two weeks. But I don't want to make the decision to sit down and figure out how many hours am I going to need to study and to schedule it in. I'm just going to kind of go around in denial, one of our four things. Mm-hmm. I'm resisting studying. Like I used to look at, look at homework, and I just waited for somebody to say, do you want to go play basketball? I just <laughs> yeah. I, I would sit there studying, hoping somebody would drop by. Yeah. Then they'd say it, and i go, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't do it. I can't. And they'd be like, come on, man. You can spare a half hour. Come on. I can't do it. I can't uh, do it. Yeah. Twist my arm. Go. Yeah. It it's your because, fault if I fail. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it, and I, think, I think for a lot of people, it's they don't want to have to make a decision because decisions create stress. And I think a lot of people get stuck simply on the decision. Yeah. Right. Right? Yeah. It's probably mean? a level of not wanting responsibility, too. Like, yeah. I, was, I was thinking for myself, like, I don't want to make a decision knowing that it could be the wrong one. Right. Like mm-hmm. I had no problem making a decision if I know it's the right one. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and in college, you know, you get to live it. You can go periods of time in denial pretty easy. Like I would go, you know, month with going like, yeah. sweet, life is great. You know, <laughs> like, not paying, didn't go to lecture, but you know, what's the big deal? And then Especially you're like, if you're not paying for it. Yeah. 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 If you're not, if exactly. you're not, I, that includes loans, parents, whatever. But if it's not actually cash coming out of a totally. bank account for you, <laughs> right? then there's no pain. Yeah, at that's least true. In the moment, in the pain moment. comes yeah. later. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's why everybody hates student loans. It's like, I can't believe I got to pay these student loans. Well, that's the price of your enjoyment. Like, yeah. you know, you enjoyed yourself. Just finished my and life. Now you, you got to pay. Yeah, I think that's something. So, if you're out there, uh, de spirituality, we did a lot of talking today about the um, 
upcoming How to Have a Quiet Time. But uh, for today, we talked about getting unstuck. We hope you enjoy the conversation because we tried to do a little bit more of that today just to, you know, get yourself five, six friends together and just sit down and talk. It's a good thing. Talk about your relationship with God. Talk about your faith. Talk about your fears. Talk about those areas of resistance. Talk about those challenges. But most of all, talk about it because you want to grow if we grow, we grow into our dreams. Nobody ever settled into their dream, resisted into their dream, denied into their dream. <laughs> it doesn't happen. You grow into your dream. And the reality is the fear should be embraced because once you embrace it and conquer it, faith lives. And when faith lives, I think it's in James chapter one of the voice translation, it says once we endure that suffering properly, it's able to blossom. Our faith is able to blossom. And so I think we don't grow in faith, we're in trouble. And just a note out for Parker and what he was talking about there at the end, in Hebrews uh, 5 here, one of the main things it's talking about is it's saying that you get dull. When you don't keep growing and you get dull, dullness means you hear it wrong, you feel it wrong, you react to it wrong, you miss it. Hebrews 5, 7 tells how Jesus kept himself sharp. It's that basic how to have a quiet time. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered prayers. Uh, let me read that again, uh, Cameron. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. And that answers that question that we were throwing back and forth about emotion. Our emotions channeled into our prayer change God's movement and mind channeled into any other thing. It's not changing God's mind. Remember to subscribe to Despirituality. You can subscribe on our Apple podcast Spotify. I don't use either one of those for my podcast. <laughs> Anywhere I, you listen to podcasts. I think I use podcast one and then I use another one. I can't remember the name of it right now. But wherever you listen to your podcast, do it. Leave us a five-star rating if you would. Uh, if you like it, leave us a five-star rating. If you don't like it, like Parker, leave us a five-star <laughs> five rating anyway. Broke our street, um, Parker. And visit our site, deepspirituality.net. We're working really hard. The team here is working really hard try to provide you with the kind of questions that we ask ourselves to help us grow. Have a wonderful autumn. It's going to be cool. <laughs>